Welcome to Passion Life Church. I believe God's going to do some amazing things in our lives. Let's, let's put our faith out there this morning, and let's believe for change that we can grow. How many of us want to grow today? Amen? And uh, I, I want to grow. You know, I just turned 50 years old yesterday. 50 years old. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I really am so grateful to be alive, especially in these times and, uh, you know, I want to just take a moment right after the service in our family room. I'd love to invite you back there. We're just going to have a little bit of cake. We're going to give away some prizes. Uh, my wife's going to do some Phil trivia. I don't know what that's all about, but uh, you can, you can <laughs> win some prizes. And I'd love to meet you and say hi. But somebody asked me this. They said, you know, um, if you were to look back, what would you tell a young Phil uh, you know, in, in your life, being that you're 50. And one of the things that I, it just kind of, uh, I really thought about was, you know, I feel like I wasted a lot of years of my life, especially in my teenage years. Uh, before I was 19, I committed, I wasn't, I committed my life to Jesus at 19. But um, I feel like so many years I lived with this limited mentality that I couldn't do hard things, that I, I couldn't take on challenges. And so often we're limited in our mind and what we think we can do. And yet God is like, come on, have faith, take some risk. That's what life is all about. And so obviously no regrets there. I believe I'm going to get to where God wants me to be. And sometimes it's a little bit of a journey. How many of you know, sometimes some of us have hit detours. But I just want to encourage you, life is meant to be lived. Jesus said, I am the way the truth and the and the life and so the life that he has is the greatest life and i'm so glad that he's been so faithful to me and my family i'm thankful for you passion life church all of you watching online we're going to continue this amazing series called the spirit led life if you have your bibles turn to john 14 john chapter 14 and if we're honest we're talking about how we're all driven by something something drives us you know and uh you know it could be a problem that's driving your life it could be a certain circumstance, you know, that's, that's driving our lives, but we're all driven by something. And here's the truth. We're all headed somewhere. Come on, somebody. We're all going in a direction. And so I think when we're led by the wrong influences, what happens is we can come out to the wrong destination or we can hit dead ends in our life. But that's why the Bible says in Romans chapter eight, verse 14, and I love this scripture. It says, for as many as are led, it says for as, as many as are led by the spirit of God. These are the sons of God. How many sons and daughters of God do we have in the house today? Come on. And if you don't know if you're a son or daughter of God, you can know today as when we end the service, I'm going to say a prayer. But what an incredible, incredible advantage, my church family. Listen, that we have, we have the God, right? That sees all, knows all. And not only that, he knows the future. He's already in the future and he's willing to lead our lives if we'll allow him to. And I think it's so amazing that he wants to show us. He wants to show you great and mighty things to come, secret things that you know of not. You know, I think it's interesting, the, the, the story that I shared about the people who, who, who started tithing, all of a sudden things were unlocked. You know what they were doing? They were being led by the Holy Spirit. When things couldn't be led, when things couldn't be unlocked, God unlocked it for them. But they were led by the Holy Spirit. But here's the reality. We've got to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Because if we'll cooperate with the Holy Spirit, he's going to get us to where 
God wants us. And that's really the best life, is following God, the one who gave life, the one who is life, following him. Let's look at John chapter 14, verse 12. This is Jesus talking. Have you found it? And he's ascending to heaven, and he's telling us, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, so shall he do also, and greater works, everybody say greater works, Greater works than these shall be shall you do because I go to the Father. Now, let me ask you a question. Is your life about a greater work? Or is your life just about a 40-hour work week? Because this is what I love about our dream team that's serving here. And they're, they're coming in. Can we give them a good round of applause? They come in early. They set up. They don't want their lives just to be about the 40-hour work week. They want to invest in something greater in the kingdom of God. And I want to ask you, is your life about a greater work or is it just about your own life? And Jesus says, greater work shall you do because I'm going to go to the Father. We're going to talk about that in, in weeks to come. Verse 13, and so whatever you ask in my name, whose name? Jesus, that will I do that my Father may be glorified in the Son. Remember, what do we say? What is Jesus doing? Jesus is always glorifying the Father. And we're going to find out what is the Holy Spirit doing. The Holy Spirit's always glorifying Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is pointing to Jesus. Jesus is pointing to the Father. They are three in one. Can I hear a good amen? Amen. Verse 15, if you love me, you keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father that he shall send you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Now, Jesus is talking to his disciples as he's ascending because he was their comforter. When he was on the earth in the physical form, flesh, he could only be at one place at one time. Somebody said, uh, you shouldn't be saying that because God is everywhere all the time. Yes, but when Jesus was on the earth, he clothed himself in flesh and he was only in one place at one time. Somebody asked me one time, wouldn't you love to be alive when Jesus was alive, seeing all those miracles? I said, of course, if you were there, Jesus didn't have a website. How many of you know, Jesus didn't have a Facebook page that said, hey, tomorrow I'm going to be, you know, at so-and-so's house and all of that stuff. No, no, if you were in his physical presence at the time, great. But as he was ascending, what he was going to do is no longer his physical presence would be on there, but he was giving us another comforter. And so the disciples were going to have to learn how to live this spirit-led life. And here's what I want to talk to you today about. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit being our comforter, and I've entitled it this. I've entitled it, Confidence is Comfort. I want you to say that with me. I want you to say, Confidence, but what if we said it with confidence? Confidence, come on is comfort. Now, let's be honest. We all have different ways that we seek comfort, right? Even from when we're a little kid, right? Maybe it's sucking our thumb, right? It's a blanket. Have you ever tried to take a blanket away from a little kid, right? I think that's worse than taking candy away from a little kid, right? Because that's how they they seek comfort, right? And right now, my comfort, I'm going to just tell you what my comfort is. I'm going to share my weakness. My My comfort comes from a grande white hot chocolate with oat milk from Starbucks, okay? Not goat milk, oat milk. Oh, holy Jesus. I mean, when I drink that, I feel the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm led to do things that I would not do if I did not have it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And we all have, I have like four of my friends like, what are you drinking? Oh, my God. It's like, yes, you just got baptized in the Holy Spirit by drinking that. 
It's just amazing, you know? And so that, that is, is definitely my, my comfort. But here's the reality. Let's dissect this just a little bit. Because I was thinking about how the Holy Spirit comforts us. And I was thinking about what are we really looking for when we look for comfort? What is it that we're really after? Is it that what we look for in our comfort, we're looking for it to give us some type of confidence? Is that what it is? Because right now, my church family, we could say what comforts us is really what consoles us. It's what reassures us. And we could even say it's what really even gives us confidence. Let's talk about comfort food for a moment. How many of you have some comfort food? Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you, what is your comfort food? I just want you to yell it out. And please just choose one. Don't say like five, because I think it's it's really sad if every food is your comfort food, okay? That's probably not, not a good sign. But let me ask you, what is your comfort food? Let me hear you, right? Now, Jeff said bacon. Now, that is, that is incredible. That, that, is, that is, and if you're a vegetarian, God bless you. Help. I'll give you some, some bushes or plants or something. But we all have comfort food that, that we love. And I have about two or three of them, right? But what if, when we talk about comfort, think about this. We also have comfort zones, All of us have comfort zones. And what if I use this word interchangeably? What if I said this? We have confident zones. See, I'm not going to take a risk because that's not where I'm confident. Or we could say this, comfort zones, because I don't want to get out of my comfort zone. In other words, we're saying this is where I am confident. And so if I get into this, if I take this risk, it's not really where I am confident. So we don't take risks. And so oftentimes, here's what happens, is we go back to what's familiar in our life. We always can kind of go back to what's comfortable. You know, I talked to so many people in 25 years of ministry. I've talked to so many people. I just broke up with my ex. And so they will, we will have a counseling session, right, about their ex. And they go on and on and on and on. And then it seems like they got free. There was some things that they needed, you know, to get free from. And then a month later, we're having the same conversation. They're like, I'm back with my ex. Why? Because it's comfortable. And they go back to what's comfortable. Why? Well, at least I know their faults. At least I know this. And so they think that that's what gives them confidence. But my church family, let me just share this with you. Growth can only take place outside of your comfort zone. Let me say it this way. Growth can only take place outside of that confidence. That's the only place that growth can take place. And God knew that you and I would need comfort. He knew it. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit. And that is his name. His name is the comforter. But let me say it this way. God knew that you and I would need confidence. We would need boldness. We would need power. So he sends us his Holy Spirit, not only to comfort us, but to baptize us with power. So we can live this Christian life. Come on. Can you say a good amen today? But here's his desire because he knew that you and I would need comforting, but his desire would be that you and I would cling to the Holy Spirit for comfort because in reality, it's the Holy Spirit that as he, as he comforts you, here's what he's going to do. He's going to empower you to be confident. That's why I'm saying today, confidence is comfort. Confidence is 
comfort. And my church family, if you're not clinging to the Holy Spirit for comfort, what can happen is we can really ruin our lives. And so the disciples were going to have to start leaning and being led by the Holy Spirit. And oftentimes I think what, what happens, because when change comes into our life, and that's what happens, this was all changing. They spent three and a half years with Jesus. Things were changing. But see, when things are changing in our life, it's when we need comfort the most. Oftentimes, I think that's what's a sign of stress, right? We have stress because there's something new, decisions we have to make, things are changing. And God already knew this. How many of you know God is always a step ahead? And he gives you what you need when you need it. He supplies all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And so let's, Jesus said this. He said, I'm going to send you another comforter. What does that mean? This word another in the Greek language, that's the, the language of the New Testament. Another means this, all right? It means another like himself. All right. So Jesus is not better than the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is not better. And then you have it's like a pyramid scheme where you have the father, the son and the Holy Spirit. My church family, they are three in one. Can I hear a good amen? But here's what Jesus was saying. Another means this one of equal quality, not lesser quality, not different, equal, equal quality. They work together. So Here's what Jesus said. If you follow him and you read the gospel, how many times did Jesus say, the Holy Spirit is upon me? The Holy Spirit is upon me. In Luke, if you read in Luke chapter 4, verse 8, he said, the Holy Spirit is upon me. Why? To proclaim the good news. He says to restore sight to the blind. He talks about setting free captive people. Jesus said, it's not just me doing this. The Holy Spirit is upon me. And are you ready, my church family? The same Holy Spirit that was on Jesus is the same Holy Spirit that is on you. Let me say it in Spanish. Let me try it in Spanish. It's interesting that response because this is why we live the way we live. Because we don't realize the same presence of Jesus, which is the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, is in our lives. And what Jesus did under the power of the Holy Spirit, that is the same Holy Spirit. My church family, we did not get a little mini me Holy Spirit. And here's the reality. Well, Pastor Phil, I understand you're getting excited about this, but I don't sense that in our lives. That's right. That's why we're doing this series, because the reality is he's here, but most of us aren't connected to it. Most of our, just like with your phone, have you ever tried to, you plugged in your phone and you thought it was plugged in, but for some reason, maybe the plug didn't go all the way in. You got up the next day and your phone was not charged and it ruins the whole day. Some of us think we're plugged in, but we're not really plugged in. And if we would realize, my church family, that the presence of the Holy Spirit is in us, if we really believe that, let me just say this, we would not be afraid. We would not be afraid. There would be a peace in our life that we would walk around with when we really believe that the presence of the Holy Spirit. is. You know what? We would be bold. We were confident. We'd be confident. Look at what happened with the, with the disciples. When the, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, people knew them. People went, oh, wait, aren't these the fishermen? Oh, my gosh. You know what? They are the fishermen. But they, look at them. Look at what's going on. They must have spent time with Jesus. People knew that it wasn't just their personalities. It was the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Can I hear a good amen today? And here's the cool thing. He's available to all of us. He's available to you and to me for all of us so we can live through. My church family, if we really believed in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, we would pray bold prayers. 
We would pray, bro, the Bible says come confidently, not cowardly before the presence of God. But we're supposed to come boldly. Why? Because of his presence. So here's my question. How does he work in our lives? And we're going to kind of dissect this because we're going to be talking about in the weeks to come, the voice of truth, how he leads us to to truth. We're going to talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Do you know the Holy Spirit has gifts for us? And and, and I'm going to break them down. That's my job as the pastor's take the cookies from the top shelf and put them on the bottom shelf so everybody can have some right because the truth is all of us should be filled with the holy spirit all of us should be flowing in the gifts of the spirit now let me just take a a caveat here and 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 a preference here okay some of us when i say that some of you revert back to some of the extreme weird things that you have seen in church, okay? I'm going to tell you, God is a God of order, and he functions decency and in order, all right? Somebody asked me, you know, is this a Pentecostal church? And I said, well, what does this mean? What are you talking about, Pentecostal church? Because everybody has a definition of what Pentecostal is. I believe in Pentecost. I believe in being filled with the Holy Spirit. But if you're talking about running around the room with your shoes off and, you know, yelling weird things, that's not what we're about. I'm about the Holy Spirit. Because the reality, when the Holy Spirit starts moving, you know what you see? You see Jesus. You don't see weirdness. You see Jesus. And that's why people tell me, oh, this is going on. The Holy Spirit's moving. All right. Are people getting saved? Are people getting healed? Because we can define what the Holy Spirit did by what Jesus did. Come on, somebody. Can I hear a good amen? So how does it work? Here's what I want to do. I want to give you four ways today that, that, he, that, that he works. The four ways that, that he works in our lives. And I think this is going to help you. And here's what I'm basically doing. I looked at that word comforter in the Greek language, and I'm just going to break down the word comforter. And you may be surprised what this means. Here's the first one. This word comforter actually means a legal advisor. A legal advisor. I have a lot of friends, and I've talked to a lot of lawyers, and here's what they tell me. The best time to talk to a lawyer is before you need a lawyer. What do we go to lawyers for? We go to lawyers to understand our benefits under the law that we would not have known unless we talked to the lawyer. Listen, the reality, if it's for me, just tell the president, I will call him back. Okay. You see a lawyer because you want to know what your benefits are and your rights are under the law. Last week, I told you, the Bible says that you and I are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I wonder how many of us are living in the benefits of being joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So here's what a a lawyer will do, right? A lawyer will let you know of the benefits. Here's what the Holy Spirit is going to do, right? He is going to come into your life to lead you into what God has for you. And he's going to help you receive and walk in the benefits of being what a child of God should be. Now, listen, I think sometimes when we think of comfort, we think of warm fuzzies, right? Get in the blankets last night. Uh, for my 50th birthday, you know, we did a bonfire on the beach. I, there's something about fire to me that I just love. And we were on the beach and it was cold and we're all, you know, come, uh, just have blankets and, and roasting marshmallows and it was awesome. But I think sometimes we think like that when we think of comfort, warm fuzzies. But let me ask you this, you know, I think comfort can be having or can come from having the confidence that our life is going in the right direction. 
I think confidence is comfort. When you understand that the Holy Spirit is advising you to go this way, that gives you confidence that produces comfort in your life. Look, here's the second way that he functions. It's the literal definition of the word comforter. He who pleads God's cause with us. So here's what the Holy Spirit is doing. He is a legal advisor. He's going to lead you to where God wants you to be. He's going to speak and tell you and help you understand you being a joint heir with Christ. But here's what he's going to do with us. He's going to plead God's cause with us. He's going to plead God's cause with us. Think about it. When Jesus was on the earth, how much of his teaching was this? You know what? The kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like this. My church family, you and I are part of a bigger kingdom. It's the kingdom of God. It's bigger than any government in the world. Can I hear a good amen? And that's the system that I want to live by because, listen, kingdoms on this earth can fall governments on this church can fall, but the kingdom of God will stand forever. Come on, I think we need to take a praise break and give the Lord a good round of applause because his kingdom will never end. Thank you, Jesus. And so Jesus was always talking about the kingdom of God. Why? He was trying to tell us, live like this. Live like this. Build your house on the rock. Don't build your house on sand. Because when the storms of life come, how many of us have had storms in our life? When the storms of life come, you will stand if you'll build your life on the rock, if you'll do what I tell you to do, right? But what was Jesus doing? He was trying to get people to live according to the kingdom of God. You know, Jesus said this, and this, this statement that he says just always gets to me. He says, I am the way, that's direction, I am the truth, and I am the life. I'm the life. I tell people, you cannot find true life unless you find it in Jesus Christ. Why? Because he is life. I was talking to somebody this week. We were talking about some things, and you know, they have some doubt about God and all this stuff. And I said, look, you, know, you live your life the way you lived it, and this is where you could. I said, but when my phone, my Apple phone, when I need help and it's not working right, I don't take it to the Windows store. Because the Windows Store didn't create my Apple phone. And this is what we do in life. We're like, man, I need help with life. Why don't we go to the creator of life and see what he has to say so we can get back on track? I mean, if he made you, he knows how you function. If he made you, and since he made us, can he heal you? Can he help you? Come on, somebody. And we we go to all these other outlets, but yet here he is saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And God, through his Holy Spirit, is always pleading God's cause with you. Always, always, always. But here's the reality. We've got to connect our life to life. We've got to connect our life. And most people, it's just the connection is wrong. Because the comforter is leading you to God's cause for your life. That's what he's leading you to. And the Holy Spirit is always moving, my church family. Even since the creation, the Bible says the Spirit was hovering over the face of the... I mean, the Holy Spirit was always moving, and he's moving today in our lives. And here's what he wants to do. One of the things he wants to do is accelerate growth in your life. He wants to accelerate. He wants you to grow. He wants you to grow. And how many of you have learned, like I have, that the pain of staying the same is, is a lot worse than the pain of change? And some of us today are really frustrated, and it's because we won't change. And here's what the Holy Spirit's going to do. He's going to come in your life to produce change and to accelerate growth. He is the power of change in your life. You cannot do it on your own. And we need this today, my church family. Listen, we need the Holy Spirit to be pleading God's cause because there's a lot of voices 
in our society today that are speaking to us. Phil, I want to hear God's voice. How do I hear it? I'll tell you. Some, sometimes you've got to silence other voices. I mean, my church family, listen. I think you'll understand this. Voices, right? Even on COVID, we've been, wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Now wear three masks. Don't wear, wear two masks. Uh, okay, voices. And I'm not against masks, but I'm just saying like, so who are we supposed to listen to? This doctor says this, that doctor says this, blah, 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 blah. This president says this, this president says that. Man, I'm confused, but thank God I have the Holy Spirit who's pleading God's cause, who can speak to me to help set me in the right direction. Whether this doctor says this or the government says that, we can be led by the Holy Spirit. Can I hear a good amen today? Come on. I think that that is is so important because he's pleading God's cause with with you and I, you know, and he's doing it with everybody, believers and non-believers. I'm going to break this down here for just a minute. But, you know, it's amazing how sometimes I'm talking to people, counseling people, and then I'll I'll be talking with them. And I'll say this. I'll say, you know what? You knew I was going to I was going to say that before I said it. You knew that. What we were talking about, you knew that even before I said it. And they said, yes, I knew, I knew that. You know how I knew that they knew that before I even said anything? Because the Holy Spirit was already working in their lives. Holy Spirit was already comforting them. He's pleading God's cause with them. A lot of people will say this when we're talking. They'll say, you know what? I knew this in my heart. I knew I should have done this in my heart. And I'll ask them, why didn't you do that? And they said, well, I just thought, I thought, this would be better. But I knew in my heart, my church family, what is that? That is the Holy Spirit pleading God's cause with each and every one of you. And if you will decide to say, yes, Lord, or some people will say this, maybe you've said it, something told me, or I felt something to go this way. You know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit. It's deeper than your, your conscience. You know, one time I was headed to work. This is when I lived in El Paso. My wife and I moved from El Paso, Texas, here to plant Passion Life Church. I was a youth pastor for probably about 25 years of my life. And, um, and so I swore to God that I would never, ever be a senior pastor, lead pastor. How many of you know you never tell God never? You never do. Because he has a way of working in you and, you, and changing your desires. And so um, one day when I was driving to work in El Paso, Texas, I felt that you need to exit here. And I was like, I don't exit here. This is, this is not my exit. And I felt that in my heart. You need to exit here. And I didn't. I didn't pay attention. Well, guess what happened? I got to my exit, and the exit was closed. And I had to take a whole nother detour all around, come all the way back to what? The exit that the Lord was telling me to exit, that I didn't exit. And guess what? Yes, I got to where I got needed to be, but I was on a detour because I didn't follow the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, in the little things of our lives, he is present and he wants to lead us. Can I hear a good amen today? But that's like so many of our lives. Sometimes we're, we're, why is this taking so long? I don't know, maybe you're on a detour. Go back to the first thing that Jesus told you or God told you to do. Go back to that and do it and watch how things will break through. Watch how things were unlocked. Now look, the Holy Spirit is working in the life of the believer and he's working in the people that are not believers. Are you ready? Look at Mark chapter three, verse 28. It says this, Jesus talking, I tell you the truth. All sin and blasphemy, ooh, that's, that's a deep word. All sin and all blasphemy 
can be forgiven. But only, but anyone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. This is a sin with eternal consequences. All right? So the Holy Spirit will plead God's cause in every person in the earth until you die. Now, every time I talk about this, I always have somebody up, uh, come up to me after the service and say, oh, I'm so glad you explained that because I really thought it was blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Okay, what I did, not obeying the Holy Spirit, that's not blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Here's what the blaspheming the Holy Spirit is. That is a non-forgivable offense. It's when you reject Jesus. You reject Jesus and you die. Once you die, that's it. You can't stand before God and go, oh, you're real. Please forgive me. It's too late. So today, if you've received Jesus in, the, in, your, in your heart, you're not blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Because what have you done? God's cause was being pled to you by the Holy Spirit, and you received him. So you know what? You're not blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Does, anybody, does everybody understand that? This my church family. I'm going to be very real here. This is why when people come up to me and go, I don't understand why God sends people to hell. He doesn't. You get to choose. It's your choice. And guess what? My Bible tells me that every single person on the planet, the Holy Spirit is working in and working in. And you have to make a decision. Listen, you don't have to spend your eternity in heaven. You don't have to spend your eternity, you know, walking on streets of gold. Hey, that's cool. You can spend your your eternity in the other place that's hotter than hell. That's fine. God, let you, you decide that. But you know what? Till the day you die, because God is good, he gives every single person the opportunity to accept and reject him. And my church family, where you spend eternity is totally up to you. Wow, it's quiet in this library. So watch this. I'm going to show you what Jesus said. John chapter 16, verse 8. And when he has come, who? The Comforter, the Holy Spirit. When he has come, he will convict the world. Everybody say the world. So he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and of judgment. Nine, of sin because they do not believe in me. I was just, there's a scripture, I don't know it offhand, but I can bring it maybe next week. The first group of people that go to hell are unbelievers. We can talk about drunkenness, all those things, but eventually the first group that go are unbelievers. Now look, you don't have to be an unbeliever. You can be a believer. But watch this. The Bible says this is what the Holy Spirit is doing in the world. He's convicting people of sin. You know what convicting means? Bringing to light. Bringing to light. Bringing to light. That's why so many people struggle. That's why so many people will sin in the next day. That guilt and the Holy Spirit is like, come on, you don't have to live this way. Come on, you can be forgiven. Come on, you can be a child of God. And no, 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 no. It's not your will, God. It's my will. And I'm going to keep doing what I want to do. But in the world, this is what he's doing. He's convicting the world of sin. That's why a lot of times in our church services, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what the Holy Spirit is doing. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you and convict you of righteousness when you come in here. What does that mean? I'm going to tell you who you are in Jesus Christ. I don't have to sit here and go through different sins. You know why? We are all very aware of our weaknesses. Come on, somebody. And let me just say, the Holy Spirit is doing his job already. Yeah, you can give him a good round of applause. He's doing his job. 
This is why when I stand with people that are non-Christians, I don't have to sit there and go, you know, I know the Holy Spirit's working. They already know. They're very in touch with their own weaknesses. But look what the Holy Spirit does in the life of the believer. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment and of sin because they do not believe him. So this is the world. People who don't believe in him, he's convicting of sin. What does he do in the believer's life? Are you ready? He says he's convicting, verse 10, of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more. So who is he talking to? He's saying when you see me no more, he was ascending to heaven. He was talking to believers. He was talking to followers, his disciples. And he says, here's what I'm doing in the life of the believer. I'm always convicting you of righteousness. Let me tell you what that looks like. You make a mistake as a child of God and you know what the Holy Spirit's doing with you? He's going, you're a child of God. Come on, get up. The righteous fall seven times, but you know what? The, right, the righteous fall seven times, but they get up. Come on, get up, child of God. Come on, you can do this, child of God. Come on, you can beat this addiction, child of God. Come on, you can be free, child of God. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing. But so many times we get the voice of the Holy Spirit and the accuser's voice mixed up. The, the, you know what? what the accuser is doing he is reminding you of your past he's reminding you and lying to you and telling you that god's word is not true that you can never do it that god is not real but you know what the holy spirit is doing he's saying you can do all things through christ who strengthens you that's why when you mess up you gotta get up and you gotta look at yourself in the mirror and say i am a child of the living god i am forgiven thank you jesus come on let's give him a good round of applause today So for some of you who are not believers, the good news is you have till the day you die to decide. The bad news is you just don't know when you're going to die. And I'm going to tell you this. You can go to college. I like college. You can be very, very intellectual. But at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit is working in your heart. And you will have to make a decision at some point in your life whether either to accept and reject Jesus. But yet the Holy Spirit empowers us to make those decisions. That's why the people that don't go to heaven are people who adamantly reject. You know, I heard a story the other day, broke my heart, of a family member on their deathbed. And they're, not only is the Holy Spirit pleading the cause, but the family members, you know, they're bringing in this pastor to talk with the person. And the person is taking their last breath and they say with their last breath, I will not receive Jesus. Man. Man, that's tough. Man, that's tough. That's why I'm so passionate about what we do here at Passion Life Church. Because the Bible says, Jesus says, I desire that all be saved. Come on, somebody. Everybody. Come on, somebody. Everybody. Everyone. Here's the third thing. Are you learning something today? The comforter works like this. He encourages, he exhorts, and edifies. He encourages, he exhorts, and he edifies. You know, that's why I think sometimes for us as believers, something's going on in our life. Man, you know, it can be really tough that's going on. And people are like, hey, I know what's going on in life. Shouldn't you be a little bit more down about this? I mean, you kind of should be down. And you're like, you know what? Maybe I should be down. Maybe I should be upset. But I'm not upset. Is there something wrong with me? No. It's because the Holy Spirit is working in your life. And what he does is he encourages and he edifies and he exhorts you even in every tribulation every trial that comes against you my church family the holy spirit is encouraging you can i hear a good amen today in every trouble every trial look at second corinthians chapter 1 verse 3 it says blessed be the god of and father of our lord jesus christ the father of mercies and god of what 
The God of what? Come on, say it loud. Say what? You know what? I looked up all in the Greek. You know what it means? All. It means all. In Spanish, we say todo. That covers every single comfort that we need. Look, who comforts us in all of our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. Now, I'm going to get in trouble here, but I'm probably already in trouble, so that's okay. This is why I have a problem when people tell me that God's doing stuff to them that's not in the Bible. God's making me sick. Okay, interesting. Jesus died, and he took stripes upon his back to heal you so he can come back around and make you sick. That makes total sense. So think about this. God is bringing tribulation and trials into your life so the Holy Spirit can come back and comfort you in all of those tribulations. Does that make sense to you? That doesn't make sense to me. You know what that tells me? That God is bipolar. How many of you do that to your kids, your own children? You cause problems. Now, if you're dysfunctional, you will. You cause problems in their life so you can come back and be their savior. Who does that? Somebody who's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And you know what? Because we don't know God and we don't know the scripture and we don't know the Holy Spirit, we... We, we come up with these assumptions. I love talking to people about the Bible who don't read the Bible, and I'm a pastor, and they're telling me what the Bible says, and I have to go, uh, that's not what the Bible says. Right? You have to come back. But here's the reality. My church family, if you are in a trial or tribulation today, here's the great news. The Holy Spirit is encouraging you. He's exhorting you, right, and edifying you to get out of that tribulation, out of that trial. Now watch this. He says, the God who comforts us in all tribulation. Here you go. You ready? Here's our part. That we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. So any tribulation that we face, we have a comforter. We have a comforter. And what happens? The Holy Spirit is instilling confidence in us, who we are, what we can do, and what? That confidence is going to produce comfort. So you have a comforter who's making you confident so you can have comfort in your life in every situation. And so you know what? Let me take it one step further. Are you ready? And we're going to be talking about this a little bit. He comforts you not only just for you, but he comforts you so you can actually start to comfort other people. You can take the comfort and the strength and confidence and start exhorting and start edifying other people. Verse uh, 14, John 14, 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, here's the next thing that he does. He will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said, watch, this is Jesus. He says, whatever I have said, the Holy Spirit is going to say to you and bring back to your remembrance. Here's the last one for today. The comforter will teach you. He will teach you. You know, one of the things that robs me of my confidence is being in the dark about stuff. Not knowing stuff. I'm writing a little comedy special. And uh, I, I may do it this year. You know what it's called? I'm 50 and I still don't know stuff. I still don't know stuff. How do you feel that way? You thought, I'm in next year, and you just still don't, you still don't know stuff. But thank God we have the Holy Spirit, right? We, we, have, we have the Holy Spirit that can teach us all things. So when I don't know my church family, he knows. Woo-hoo! 
So if he knows and I don't know, wouldn't it behoove me to tap in to the power of the Holy Spirit? Because if he knows all, he sees all, he sees my future, he sees everything that's happening, to tap into that, right, so he can teach me, don't go over there, don't do that. This is, a, this is the decision you need to make. And my church family, I'm telling you, I've had people tell me, Pastor Phil, I was waiting for the promotion that I, I wanted. Man, it was my dream job. And when it was presented to me, guess what? I felt this thing in my, in the whole, in, in my, in my, in my spirit. Don't take it. What? It's my dream job. I love it. And they felt my heart. Don't take it. And you know what? They declined it. And it didn't make sense. And then guess what? Within a couple of weeks... Something happened where a better promotion came along and it was more than they could even ask, dream, or imagine. My church family, that is the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you this. I know people who they were dating somebody and they were engaged to get married. And the Holy Spirit was working in them. Don't marry this person. Don't marry this person. God, you're so mean, but look at them. Oh my gosh, they're a work of art. They're hot. God, you must be wrong. Here's what I've learned about the Holy Spirit. No is not rejection. No is protection. I'm going to say that again. When God says no, it's not rejection. It's, it's protection. I know this person. Holy Spirit told him no. Guess what? Within a year, they were divorced. He will teach you all things. But see, sometimes we feel like we know more than God. And I'm going to tell you, God knows that person beyond their physical appearance, beyond that first date where they put up all of the stuff. And you know what? Sometimes it's not that they're a bad person. Sometimes it's just not the right fit. Can I hear a good amen today? And so let me end with this. What the Holy Spirit will do is he will come inside your heart and he'll speak to you so you can think a different way. You know, when you're hungry, one of the things that you do is when my stomach is hungry, it tells my mind. My mind realizes that I'm hungry. So when the Holy Spirit starts to work in you, here's what he's going to do. He's going to set your mind right. And my church family, we need to set our mind right about how we think about ourselves, about how we live. Why is that important? 20, Psalms, uh, Proverbs 23, 7 says this, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so the Holy Spirit is going to bring to you instruction to remind you who you are, but it's also going to help you shape your will. My church family, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. Your spirit is saved, but your mind is not saved. Your body is not saved. That's why some people, you know, when they they say the prayer and invite Jesus in their heart, they're like, "I, I still think this way. Yes, that's why the Bible says you have to have your mind renewed. But here's the reality. If you will yield to the Holy Spirit, here's what he will do. He will help shape your will. Now, he won't help shape your will if you don't allow him to. You can keep making those decisions. You can keep hitting your head against the wall. And until I guess it hurts, you go, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this anymore. But you know what? The Holy Spirit, what he's going to do is he's going to help shape your will. Because here's the truth, and we all know this. You're going to do what you will to do. Remember last week I said Carrie Underwood came out with the song, Jesus Take the Will, and everybody's like, Jesus is making my decisions. No, he's not. You're making your decisions. He's inspiring you, he's influencing you, but he will not make you do something. It doesn't matter what other people want for you, it matters what you will for you. That's the reality. Can I hear a good amen today? Right? Jesus didn't get you up out of bed, levitate you here to church. You came to church. Right? 
Now the Holy Spirit's happy. God's always happy when his kids come home and to his house. But God will shape your will over when you yield your will over to him. And I want to say this and I want to close. See, we can't change what's going on around us till we allow the Holy Spirit to change what's going on inside of us. Some of us are trying to change the outward. God doesn't work that way. God works inward, then outward. When inward changes, behavior changes. You can try, I have 19 years, focus on behavior, behavior. That's what religion does. Do this, do that, do this. Well, you can try all that and you look, I could continue to fail. I know, that's why, because you have to get changed from the inside out and let the Holy Spirit work in your life. My church family, the Spirit-led life is a life that is infused with confidence. And you know what? Confidence is comfort. Today, I can stand before you and be confident and be comforted at the same time because the Holy Spirit is working in my life. And my comforter is where I find my confidence. And my church family, he's the same Holy Spirit for you. How many of you received this today? Would you stand for just a moment and let's pray. Let's pray for just a moment. I want you to close your eyes. If you're watching online, this is an important moment. I, I think sometimes when we're at home, we can be so distracted. Don't be distracted this morning for just a moment. I want to pray right now that the Holy Spirit would reveal to you what have you been looking to for comfort? It's a person, Pastor Phil. I know people are good. I love that. But ultimately, you need another comforter. You need the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, sometimes we can, we can suck the life out of people. And we rely on people way too much. There's some great people. I'm sure you have some great people in your life. But at the end of the day, we have to rely on the Holy Spirit. Can we turn the house lights up just a little bit, please? We have to rely on the Holy Spirit. And my church family right now, he's here with us, moving. He's wanting to accelerate growth. He wants to make you more like Jesus. And if we'll yield to him this morning, I'm telling you, he's going to take us to where God wants us to be. Would you lift your hands for just a moment, just as a sign that you're surrendering to the Holy Spirit? Father, today, we surrender to you. Today, Father God, move in our lives. Father, we've been reliant on so many things. But Lord, today, we want to come back to being yielded to you. Show us, God. Show me how to be a good father. Show me, show us, Lord, how to be a good child of God. Father, show every woman in here that's a mother how to be a great mother, how to be a great wife. Lord, show us how to be the right employees at our job. Show us things to come, Lord God, supernaturally for people today that are watching online or here that have to make decisions. Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself. And I pray, Lord, that you would encourage people today on the inward. Lord, encourage them. Lord, infuse their life with confidence so they can know the comforter and have the comforter in their lives, working in their lives. With every head bowed and every eye closed, 
I just want to say this prayer. You know, maybe you're here tonight or this morning and you don't know if you're going to heaven or hell. You have never asked Jesus to come inside your heart. See, he died on that cross. It was supposed to be our cross because of our sin. But you know what? He died on the cross and he took your place. And if you can have faith today that he took your place, that he can forgive you of your sins, that's how we're saved. It's by God's grace through faith. Today, if you can do that and say, Jesus I believe today. Everybody said, I believe today. If you say, Jesus, I believe today, come inside my heart. He will. And you know what? You can start to live the spirit-led life. I want to say this prayer. Listen, if you've never prayed this prayer, I want you to repeat after me. But my church family, there are people here that may have never prayed the prayer, people watching online. Can we all say this together? Come on, repeat after me, and let's say it loud and say it with faith. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Father God, forgive me of all my sins. All my sin. Jesus, I open up the door to my heart. Come inside my life and make me a child of God. Make me new. Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, I will live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we give the Lord a great round of applause? Listen, if you're watching online, write in the chat there that you prayed the prayer. And here's what I'd like for you to do. Just text the word believe. The word believe to 951-382-5757. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.